this mid-season awards and IndyCar at Road America edition of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dogs Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Drivers, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. Welcome to another episode of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez, and we are coming fresh off of a week without any NASCAR racing. But first and foremost, I just want to say to everybody out there who may celebrate, happy belated Father's Day. We, again, did not get a race, which is weird, Cody. Because normally we get a race on Father's Day, but not on Mother's Day. This year, the NASCAR gods decided to allow us to to take the week off as fathers. So, uh, appreciate that for them. But, happy Father's Day to you, my friend. Yes, happy Father's Day to you as well. I, I do feel like it might be more appropriate to have the race on Father's Day, where fathers might want to watch the race, as opposed to Mother's Day, where you should, as a father, probably not watch the race and and do something with the mother of your children but hey yeah you know i guess they've got uh they've got different information i don't know but uh here we are <laughs> they're working from an old data set that's that's what it is uh but yes, yes here but we are anyways i hope you had a great father's day i did i did i uh had uh, some family over my, my father my dad and uh my brother and uh, uh one of my nieces that i don't get to see very often so uh yeah, fun was had and and food was eaten. So it's kind of kind of what the whole goal of the weekend is for us, huh? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, mine was great too. We had a a softball tournament this weekend for my daughter. Ten U softball can become very very intense. It was a very intense weekend. A great weekend. Had a lot of fun. Um, and so yeah, it was a was a great time. Good. And and that's what it is too, right? I mean, your father and you're doing something for your kid and with your kid. That's it's about as father's day as it can get. Nothing else I'd rather be doing. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh although I tell you what, we'll be touching on it later on in this week uh in this episode rather in this weekend. Uh in this episode, but uh while Father's Day was going on, I want to talk about some action on a track, my friend. We uh we pretty much cleaned a house. And listen, for the record, I went back and listened to that episode there were very few names that we mispronounced, and the important well, ones that, we got it right. In, in that guy's defense, that his tweet was in response to our Indy Five Hundred episode. Yes. So, oh. Whatever. Oh, was it? But oh, well then, yeah, was. we but did. Who cares? Like, I'll pronounce it however I want to because we cashed a lot of bets, and what else matters? Yes, there was a guy on Twitter, a little bit of a clown, but uh, I think you guys mispronounced every driver's name. 
So after the race, I quote tweeted him with all of the things that we hit in this race. And uh, we'll call him whatever the fuck we want because we cash all the bets. Uh, well, this time. Uh, uh, listen, you know me. I'm always cautiously <laughs> optimistic on it. I, that's why I have you because you're the one that's like, yes, we got it. And me, I'm like, yeah, but this time. I'm waiting for the hey. anvil to follow my hey, head. Hey, that's, that's what betting is, right? You have ups, you have downs. That is true. Sure, we didn't hit a ton in the Indy 500 race. But you come back, you get it here off of 35 to 1 on Martin Truex last week at Sonoma. A couple weeks before that, we hit William Byron 10 to 1. Things are heating up with the summertime rod, getting into our uh, into our zone. Another pretty good week on the F1 Gambling Podcast as well. So, uh, yeah, overall a great weekend. No NASCAR, still positive balance in the bank account to get us set up for Nashville this week. I was about to say, I mean, no NASCAR, but that did not mean that you guys were not cashing tickets this weekend, which is, you know, what it's all about. That's what the fun is all about. And you know what I love, too, is that in in all the channels that we're in, in Discord, the F1, the NASCAR, the IndyCar, like, every single one of those guys in there is, is they understand. They understand why we're there. They understand the, the community that surrounds it. They just, they get it. You guys get us, and we love you for it because it just... It means the world that we can go to that kind of safe space and be like, yep, you guys understand why we're doing this. You know, we it wasn't that we're IndyCar experts trying to give you IndyCar expert picks. We're just like, hey, listen, some fun you can have on a non-NASCAR yeah. weekend. And I think we were pretty clear about that on both those shows. Also, if you don't want to listen to us give out IndyCar picks, how about you go listen to the other guys that are doing it? Because uh, I don't think I've found that show yet. You want it? You want it? <laughs> Wait, the other show's... That's that's where it's at. I don't play with the sound effects yeah, board very often, uh, but when I do, it's I do. You should it do it more because you're pretty good at it. I like it. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, I, you know, and I have a lot of sounds available to me. It's just, uh, it's, it's funny that I don't, that I don't it's necessarily. Probably a good thing I don't have access to that because I'd probably abuse it a little bit. I, I sprinkle them in for effect, right? That's that's all you got to do. Every that's once good. in a while, yeah. I kind your of your timing is key as well. So that's good. Well, I appreciate that as well. Um, so listen, this episode, obviously, we don't have a NASCAR weekend to break down, but we do have some news. Obviously, they didn't take a complete week off of news. We've got that to cover. Uh, Bob Prockers tweeted out a mid-season awards type of, a, of a article that he did. So we'll talk about that. We'll discuss a little bit about that. Obviously, we broke down the futures last week to give you a little bit of a, a taste of what to come. And then we'll go into the uh, IndyCar recap, and we'll kind of talk about all the bets that we cashed and uh, and have a little bit of fun. And uh, we'll do that on this episode. But I want to tell you about Bird Dog Shorts. I'm excited. It is California. And now, I mean, look, the weather started to get a little bit better out here. It's still kind of cold. But I will say that the sun is coming around the corner and I need to bust out my shorts. But I need some more. And I'm going to look to Bird Dogs to do exactly that. Because I want people to stop on the street and go, Man, where did that guy get those shorts? His calves look amazing. His thighs look fantastic. Well, if my shorts go down to my calves, I guess that's a problem. But Bird Dogs is going to do exactly that for you as well. They are stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs, they do the exact same things that Lululemon does, but they fit way better. Bird Dogs have fit fix the issue of being caught in this strict restricting cotton that most shorts are by giving you a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but it stretches to give you a way more slimming fit without having to sacrifice on movement more importantly look when it gets to be like 95 100 degrees out here in california 
everything sweats. It doesn't even matter what it is. It all just sweats so much so that Bird Dogs is going to take care of that for me. They got the anti-sweat, anti-stink wicking fabric that keeps me cool and dry all day long. You want your own pair of Bird Dogs? Yeah, you do. Go to birddogs.com slash pool. Enter promo code pool and you get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Even more incentive to go after those Bird Dogs shorts. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take off your your Bird Dogs. We promise you. There may be an intervention for you if you uh, decide that. Kind of cold there, Rod. It was 99 degrees here today. What what kind of cold temperatures are you getting over there? 72, my friend. Oh, 72. I, <laughs> I was a very comfortable 72. So, yeah. We uh yeah, it was man. We went through the ringer this weekend. We played in the the rain, the storms, the mud. Then we had a decent day and then it was hot as hell yesterday and uh yeah, warm warm again today. It was it's hot. It's hot outside. Warm again, and hey, <laughs> I need listen. those. Uh, I need those bird dog shorts too, with all their their swamp ass relieving magic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've you've become a fan favorite in that in the Discord as well for your swamp ass, uh, your swamp acidness. <laughs> hey, I love it. Uh, it. It all it happens to the best of us, Rob. I mean, listen, I'm telling you right now. Yes, it does. I'm in California. <laughs> I know. Doesn't matter how cool your air conditioner is. A lot of guy, you know, bird dogs are going to take care of that. Uh, all right, something bird dogs can't take care of is changing drivers. And uh, I will say that we have sort of an let's, announcement uh, that we knew, right? Or you want to? Let's start with we got a review. Let's oh, read that yes. Real quick. Please, Cody. Yes. We love our review, reviews. So yes, we do. appreciate this from Dwell55. Shout out to you. Best NASCAR betting pod, five stars. Absolutely love that part. Cody and Rod, keep up great, <laughs> keep up the great therapy pod. An insight on the betting picks. So he obviously listened to the the two hundred show where I taught this being my therapy. Um, I listened to you guys and Dave from NASCAR Prophecy hit on forty to one on Truex last weekend. Keep up the good work, and I appreciate you guys. Ten stars, thank you. Says so. Shout out to you, D. Well, appreciate you listening. Props on getting forty to one. That's even better than than what we'd found out when we gave him thirty five to one on the show. So, man, what a good what a good couple of weeks we've had here. Uh, betting it's been hey. a lot of fun. And and what a good couple of weeks we've had with the reviews. So we appreciate those. Yes. And again, that's the way I know that that Cody and I do this, and we do this even if you gave us all one star reviews, which is highly unlikely that you do. But we do it anyways because we just do this for the love of it. So the fact that you guys continue to feed the algorithms by doing the stuff that keep this show uh, up at the top of the searches, up at the top of the the leaderboards. We, we just can't tell you enough how much we appreciate it. And every time you leave a review, a NASCAR angel gets its wings. I, I don't, you know, <laughs> just saying. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Keeps the bosses happy, uh, which in turn keeps us happy. Keeps us able to give you all these five shows a week. Give you the picks. Helps other people find the show so that they can, can uh, you know, get in on the action as well. Keep growing the NASCAR betting world, which is the ultimate goal with all of this. So we greatly appreciate it. If you just take the, it doesn't take long, 10 seconds. You can write something up quick. Don't need to be much. Leave those five stars, write a quick comment. We appreciate it. And uh, shout out to you, D will shout out to you. D will indeed. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the, uh, I guess I don't want to say elephant in the room because we already kind of knew what the elephant looked like. Now it's just starting to get some color to it. 
And that, of course, is the semi-announcement. That's not really an announcement. Uh, Stuart Haas making a big announcement on Wednesday. A major announcement. I'm sorry, a major, a major announcement. And I'm telling you right now, this is the the worst-kept secret in the garage. Uh, Lots of speculation concerning Josh Berry taking over the four car for Kevin Harvick. All the Twitter accounts, the clout Twitter accounts are starting to now, uh, you know, sort of get that because they want to get there first. So everybody's saying it's going to be Kevin Harvick's uh, leaving and, and Josh Berry in there. Uh, so I, I, I put one in the Discord earlier. Which we've but, known for four months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So clout, clout chasing ones. Now, Bob Pockris, on the other hand, has, uh, has given his way in. And just like Cody said, that's probably the only one the, we kind of trust. The only source I need, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and like like Bob tweeted out, SHR says it has a major announcement at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. It's expected to be the Josh Berry announcement. Harvick, Childers among those who will be there. Uh, Bob says, I've reported Barry is leave, or the leading candidate for SHR. Matt Weaver and Jordan Bianchi have reported that it's done slash being finalized. Um, and, and again, that's those those three names. Especially Jordan Bianchi at this point, because he is like the the news. He's the the Woge bomb, the Adam Schefter guy of of the NASCAR world when it comes to big breaking news. So obviously, like you said, worst kept secret. We've known this for a long time. Uh, it sounds like they've been working out the you know details behind the scenes. I think there's some sponsorship questions, uh, as Bob tweeted out today as well. The the leading theory in the garage area seems to be that Anheuser Busch is going to leave Stuart Haas Racing. Obviously, they're a huge partner. With the Bushlight sponsorship, with everything that they have done for for Harvick, they've been with Harvick a long time, right? They were with him at Richard Childress in the twenty nine, been with him in the four car ever since. Won his championship in I think twenty fifteen in the Bud car. Uh, obviously, they've switched from Budweiser over to Bushlight, uh, or Bush and Bushlight, I guess, as the sponsorships. But uh, sounds like Anheuser Busch is going to leave Stuart Haas and go to the number one car in Trackhouse Racing with Ross Chastain, um, which is probably a good partnership as far as he seems like he should be the face of a of a beer sponsorship i think so uh it's kind of one of those matches made in heaven i think i think that's how anheuser-busch views that so that i think is the biggest question in all of this um obviously barry's gonna be the driver i think that's pretty much a done deal um originally we had heard the announcement was going to be made at charlotte at the coke 600 that was three weeks ago i think at this point um, and, and we haven't had that announcement. Maybe they were ha- hammering down some final details. We do know Josh Berry signed with KHI, Kevin Harvick Incorporated. Um, that's Kevin Harvick's uh, sports agency company that he owns. Um, and like Ryan Priest is, is the driver with them. Obviously, he's a Stuart Haas guy now after signing with KHI. Um, so I think that obviously plays into this and, as well. Um, and probably leads to more sponsorship detail or deals being done there. It'll be interesting to see. Do any of these sponsors come with them from Xfinity and leave Junior Motorsports to with Barry to the Cup Series? Does he bring some other funding of any type? That that all is going to be interesting, and and I don't know if we'll get details on all of that necessarily on Wednesday when they make this announcement officially. Um, but that will be fun stuff to to keep up on and watch and see what that four car is going to look like next year. In a shocking turn of events, Mars decides it wants to come back and bring all of its Ooh. sponsorship with it uh, to the Josh Berry number four. I highly doubt that. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. But. You know, and it's funny <laughs> would because... Be great to see. Uh, it would be great to see. We've seen so many different sponsors just kind of flow in and out of NASCAR and a couple of one-offs and 
you know, guys that have been around forever, like Mars, like Anheuser-Busch, like all these guys. It's just, you know, the the next generation of sponsors is out there somewhere. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe we'll have um, the hymns or the Romans, uh, like, on the hood. Because we did, didn't we? We already had, I think, a hymns on there already once, didn't we? Uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. I think so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, with the new age of sponsorship, right, It's you're not likely going to have that one key partner. That's that's kind of becoming a thing of the past. You don't see it a ton. There's still a few out there. Obviously, you, you've got, you know, the FedExes, the Allies, um, HendrickCars.com. Even though Rick Hendrick owns that, I mean, you know, Napa with Elia. There's there's still a handful of guys that have. But you look at guys like like Kyle Busch now. When you bring up Mars, right? He was M&M's a Mars guy forever. Occasionally, you'd have Interstate Batteries or something else on there, but for the most part, it was almost always Mars. Now he's got a different sponsor every week. Like he's got McLaren Grills on there. He's got Lucas Oil. He's got Three Chi. He's got it's a different looking car each and every week. And there's not one like main sponsor for him. So that seems to be kind of how things are starting to trend in the new era of sponsorship. As expensive as things are now, um, the off off the you know off the track activation, I guess you could say. In the past, right, you needed to have that Dupont car at every single race because it was going to get its TV time. Then it was, you know, there was you could do things at each track. Now things can be done more regionally. So much more activation. You got all the social media with everything, and so again, just a new era as far as that goes. So that'll be interesting. Um, but I do think Rodney Childers, the the crew chief on that car, is arguably the best crew chief in the garage. He is great obviously we see it with the results with harvick right stewart haas is a dumpster fire currently but not the four car not rodney childers not kevin harvick now, that's a great pairing right it's not all childers because we know what kevin harvick is we know what he's always done so those two guys together has been amazing um but if Childers stays on the four car which is the assumed uh, you know that's assumption he'll stay there and and barry will come in and be the pairing it'll be interesting to see if they keep up with with harvick Childers uh, right now, how they're doing. If they end up falling more like the rest of Stuart Haas does, or maybe Stuart Haas figures some things out. Um, but I think that Barry, again, he's, he's still newer to the NASCAR scene, right? He's only been, I think this is only his second full-time season in Xfinity. Um, and, and he's been a late model driver forever, but he's in his mid-30s, I want to say. Early 30s, mid-30s. Not a, a spring chicken by any means. Um, and so I think that that veteran prowess he has and he's one of those guys that gets in there and works on the cars. I mean, he crew chiefs for for Dale Jr. when he races on the cars tours and the late models. He's tweaking on the cars. He knows how it works. I think that's going to be a, an amazing relationship between him and Childers. And if they hit it off, watch out because that four car will continue to be a threat week in and week out as it is right now with Harvick. I know what would look good on the four car. Underdog Fantasy. If Underdog would ever start to incorporate NASCAR in it, that would be a fantastic hood uh, right there. That big, gigantic, emblazoned Underdog logo up on the four cars hood. I say that not only because I think it would look great, but we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and you would know about it more if NASCAR would just get on that block. Uh, but they're giving away $15 million in prizes right now with the Best Ball Mania 4 Fantasy Football Tournaments. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. So many ways to win on over on Underdog that you got active in so many states. Get in on the action now. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. 
Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right. Well, we are pretty much at that midseason point. It's it's not really midseason, but I guess we're calling it midseason because we took that break. And uh, Bob Pockers. Basically mid midseason in the in the regular season, right? I think we're slightly past halfway at this point. Yeah, we got ten races left, right, in the regular season. So yeah, and we're about thirteen in or so. So yeah, just past halfway in the regular season. I guess you could go with that. I suppose even Bob said it that it's not mathematically the middle of the season. <laughs> it's eighteen yeah. events. Well, and it's so. weird too because like this is the only break. Like now they're it's just on. Like here we go. Um, so I guess, yeah, like he said, 18th event of the season so far, 16th point race with the clash and the, and the all-star race, 20 points races remaining. So really 18 events in 20 races left. That's, uh, you know, my math isn't always great, but that's pretty close to halfway. Yeah. My math is horrible. So I don't know. I'll, we'll just call it halfway for the sake of argument and the sake of content. So, uh, with that, Bob has put out a sort of Mid-season awards type of uh, article that he's got going on. List some of the uh, categories that he's handing out these awards, and I put it in air quote, too. Uh, so we figured it'd be fun to kind of take a look at some of what he's got going on, maybe a little bit of a debate on what it is. We won't touch on all of these because he's... I mean, if you want the article, follow Bob on Twitter, obviously at Bob Pockers. He's got all of this stuff set up. But I, we feel like there's a couple here that we can kind of touch on and maybe even tie into a betting aspect later on. Obviously, if you haven't listened to the Futures episode, go back, listen to the Futures episodes, because a lot of this stuff we'll talk about too as far as what that means as a betting perspective because, you know, obviously. Now, also, books, if you're listening, some of these other ones, how about Rookie of the Year? How about some of the other awards that they give out? Rookie of the Year might be priced like Max Verstappen win the championship at this point. (laughs) This is kind of true, actually. But even still, in future generations where there's not like two drivers in the rookie. (laughs) Well, we're going to have Josh next year. And who knows who else, right? There you go. That's what I'm saying. So, um, All right, Cody, do we just want to start at the top like we talked about and just sort of scroll on through? Or or do you want to, is there something you want to hit right away? Now, I say we start at the top, right? Right with the upset of the year. He's got Ricky Stenhouse Jr. winning the Daytona 500. Uh, I mean, this one's pretty hard to argue with, obviously, right? That's that's kind of the biggest upset. It's not surprising that Stenhouse wins a, a super speedway race, right? That's been, I think, all the only wins he has in his career are on super speedways. Um, so you're not really shocked by that. But uh, as far as that goes, there's not really been any other shocking names as far as getting into victory lane, right? I mean... Um, You've had uh, Kyle Busch has wins, Byron has wins, Logano, Reddick, Truex, Bell, Larson, obviously. Like, it's all guys. Blaney got back into victory lane, of course. Um, but it's all guys you, you pretty much expect to win for the most part. Um, and so I would say that that Daytona and Ricky Stenhouse uh, is is definitely your upset of the year. It's like Austin Cindric winning too. Uh, you know, last year that was that was a pretty big upset as well. So uh, I think you know, Super Speedway Racing's probably are the ones that give you the better opportunity to have an upset of the year because you know, and 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 not only that, but obviously that was the first race. It's the Daytona 500. The spotlight's bigger. So for Ricky Stenhouse to actually pull a win out of his hat and and the way he did it too. I mean, obviously in a super speedway fashion, 
Um, that's that's really why it was the upset because nobody was expecting Ricky Stenhouse to win. I don't even think he was until the end of the race. Uh, so you got to give him to that because yeah, like you said, everybody else that's won this season, you can go meh. But that's that's yeah. expected. And I mean, there's been some overtime finishes right where a guy kind of sneaks up and grabs a win, like. You look, speaking of super speedways, right? Kyle Busch winning at Talladega, kind of out of nowhere, last lap, or last whatever couple laps, he kind of takes the lead and stuff. But is that really an upset? Eh, not so much, right? We know he's he's a good super speedway racer. We know he's a good driver. Expect to see him in victory lane. Like I said, all these other names are guys you've not had in either Michael McDowell's or Austin Sindrick's or even an Eric Jones that that's made victory lane or or maybe if a Keselowski or a Busher had made it at this point, you could make that argument. But I think uh, that that Stenhouse is the the clear cut winner on this award so far. Yeah, I think Busher may be the only one out of that list that if he were to win, I think that'd be considered an upset over everybody else. So um, yep. definitely like that. Next up was Rookie of the Year. Look at there's you only two. Passed, you passed the most important one. Oh, Rob. I'm sorry. Oh shoot, I went there. Jeez. Driver of the Year. Holy cow! <laughs> I was scrolling. Too How fast. are you going to skip over this one? Uh, I figured we'd get there at the end, but okay. Driver of the Year. Well, so well, you can save it for last if you want. Nah, let's talk about Driver of the Year. Uh, <laughs> Bob Pockers does not have one currently. Yeah, he says no one. Dot dot dot. Yeah, yet. yeah. <laughs> and and you can figure out the rest of his Which? reasoning. But he's right, right. though. It's right. hard to it's hard to yeah. nail one down right now. Right. Yeah, well, and I mean, just, yeah, to read it off here, right? Uh, uh, nobody, no one yet, no drivers dominated the season. At one point, it might seem like Byron. At one point, it might seem like Kyle Busch. Another might be Kyle Larson. Past few weeks, Martin Trucks Jr. Like, and these are four pretty solid names. You could make a case for all of these guys. So, ah, I don't know. I mean, if you had to give this award to somebody, Rod, where are you going? I'm going Kyle Busch. I I'm going Kyle Busch because he had to change teams, and he's on a tear. Like those are the two. I, I think if you if you looked at the rest of the the winners in this season, right? Obviously William Byron, but that's a Hendrick car. Every single season, you can make a case for any single Hendrick car to be fantastic, right? Martin Truex Jr. He's got to win a couple more. Like he's he's got to he's got to win a little bit more for me to consider him driver of the year. Because obviously we talked about what he was last season, right? How how garbage he was in the same car last season to turn it around. That's impressive. But Kyle Busch has changed teams. He's, he's changed manufacturers. He's changed everything, and now he's dominating. So it's not as if he's just gotten better in that 18 car. He's actually turned himself in, entirely around in that 8 car and started to be what he used to be, like the Kyle Busch that was feared each and every single week. So for me, if I were to give it right now, it would be Kyle Busch. Now, Obviously, there's still a lot of, of season to go, and I still feel like he can definitely still continue to to dominate the way he has been. And in fact, we we'll even talk about that when we start talking about Nashville. But uh, yeah, if you were to if you were to nail it down for me right now, I would give it to Kyle Busch simply because he managed to do it now with a completely in a, in a new room in a, in a new situation. Yeah, I man, I you've almost talked me into that being my guy too. I mean. It's been impressive, right? He switched teams. He switched manufacturers, left the place he's been at forever, um, has had to make changes in his personal life as far as we're almost certain he's taking less money to be at this draw at this spot, right? His entire truck team had to switch from Toyota to Chevrolet. They cut back on the number of trucks they had. Everything has been different, and he showed up just like we called in the offseason, Rod, and he has been on a tear. He's got three wins this season. 
all at different types of tracks, right? You got Talladega with the Super Speedway, Auto Club, the big two-mile intermediate, and then he won a Gateway as well, which is a shorter, flatter, intermediate, whatever the hell you want to call that track. We still don't know, but but he's got three different wins, three different places, um, and he's been overall impressive, right? Uh, so I think that there is definitely a good case there. I would probably make the case for William Byron just because I get it. It's a Hendrick car, right? And, and of course, we always have high expectations for those. And it almost seems disappointing that Kyle Larson doesn't have more wins because of what you expect from him. But William Byron, you've not expected this from him. Not only does he have three wins this season, but he's been good week in and week out. And he gets consistent finishes week in and week out. And he's there every week and he's leading laps every week. And he just looks like he's one of the most dumb. I mean, if you, I would assume I'd have to go look at the numbers, but I think if you put Kyle Larson and William Byron's numbers next to each other throughout the season and you had pick driver A or pick driver B, you're probably picking William Byron. He's not had the DNFs like Larson's had. Everything has just been impressive. And and in my opinion, he's leading that Hendrick camp, a camp that consists of Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott. And William Byron is the guy that's leading it in that 24 car, you know, the, the famed 24 car with the DuPont colors still on it even now and everything. Uh, so I think he would probably be the driver of the year. But again, these four guys, I think, are, are you know the top guys. I think you could, to a degree, toss Ryan Blaney in there because of his consistency. He's had a very good season, finally got that win. He needs a couple more wins to be considered driver of the year, obviously, I think. But uh, he's a guy that I think deserves an honorable mention as well. You know, if he picks up a couple of wins, though, in the course of the rest of the season, I I can't I can't even argue with you at this point because a lot of people counted him out. And I think that might be really one of the driving criterias for can you be driver of the year is I don't know. Did you get counted out? I mean, that's that's the case with Bush. That's the case with Truex. It's a lot of people were like, ah, but and I mean, who knows? Even Denny Hamlin could turn around and and kick out some some more wins before the end of the season and put his name in this mix as well. Yeah, well, and it's fun. It's like, so I wrote uh, an article for sportsgamblingpodcast.com last week, NFL head coach of the year odds, right? And so you're you're looking back through it and guys who have won it before, and it's like Andy Reid hasn't won the award since 2003 in Philadelphia. And it's like he's got one of the best teams every year. While he was at Philly, he had a ton of good teams. Now, obviously, in Kansas City, like some of the best. Belichick's only won it a couple of times, all the great teams he had. And like you look and it's like, Guys that have these high expectations, they're not going to win the award because you just expect them to do it. So it's like a guy like Kyle Larson, you're like, oh, yeah, he's having a good season, but he won 10 races two years ago, right? So I think it is harder for those types of guys to get that type of award or that type of of recognition because it's just so expected, right? Like, yeah, Larson's the favorite every week, but he should win every week, right? He won 10 races two years ago. He's He should be this good. And, and then when a guy comes in that maybe you know, has been struggling like a Kyle Bush or a guy that surprises like a William Byron. It shoots him up because it's like, oh, look at this guy go. Whereas Larson, it's like, yeah, you know, he's only got three wins. What's what's the problem? <laughs> Tell me why we don't have odds on this, though. The driver of the year, anything they give out awards at at the end of the year, that there just needs to be odds on that. I mean, That's, there should be. There's DJs like us that need these type of odds. So books get on it right now. Um, all right, so let's go to, I don't want to give out any more of Bob's. I want you guys to read the article. So we'll, we'll talk about the categories and, uh, and we'll talk about what we think they should be. 
but we also want you to go read Bob's article. So um, no more no more telling you what Bob says. We're going to tell you what yeah. we say right off the bat. Uh, I, I'll go to race of the year. Uh, is there a is there a race that maybe not? I mean, do you agree with Bob though on on what it is or not? Because well, I don't want to spoil it and say what Bob said, but. I was at that Kansas Speedway race, and that is the race of the year for me, for sure. I mean, just it was action packed. There was never nobody, especially when we got so used to at intermediates with with guys just running away with races, right, and and leading all these laps, and nobody ran away with that race. Nobody got huge leads. There was enough caution sprinkled in there, it kept the field tight, um, and it was battles. And it just one guy would look good early, and then another guy would come up late. And obviously, the last couple of laps, like the way that Hamlin just surgically ran down Larson and then disturbed the air, forced him into the wall a little bit without even touching him, takes the win. Um, that was great. Again, I was there in person. I think that that fluffs it up a little bit maybe for me, but from what I heard from everybody else too, like just an absolutely amazing race. Um, and so I think that that's got to probably be the the race of the year winner so far. Yeah, I you know, and that's the thing about it too. When you talk about pound for pound action, I agree with that as well. That that definitely was the race of the year. Um, obviously, I I kind of I don't want to say that that Daytona was the race of the year, but I will say that it was a hell of a race. I, I will say that the finish well, the surprised Super Bowl is you. One of the best games every year too, God. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. But sometimes chalk is but, chalk, right? That's we yeah, talk about it in right. DFS all the time. Sometimes the best thing is we don't have to dig too hard to find the best thing. So, um, I'll, I'll throw my, I'll throw my, uh, honorable mention out to Daytona this year. Cause it really was. Yeah, and there's, we've had a lot of really good rate. NASCAR fans are very spoiled and a lot of people like to complain. And if you look at Jeff's Gluck's poll, sometimes it's like people just want to bitch about every single race. And it's like, come on. Right. But there's races like Darlington was a really good one. The week after Kansas, um, there's been some other good ones. Talladega was a great, Almost always super speedways pay off, right? They're almost always good races. That was a really good one. North Wilkesboro, in a way, you could argue was great uh, as far as a race of the candidate from the fact of everything around it, right? The return to Wilkesboro and all the scenes of the place and and how they finished, fixed up the track and and fixed everything up and the event that it put on. And, and Kyle Larson, speaking of throwing back everything, right? He throws back to an old school last whooping like, that's part of racing too. And that's to, to watch the greatness of a guy like that, to be able to just go out there and whip everybody's ass. Like there is a, a an ounce of that. It's great as well. So I think that all those races kind of deserve a mention. Um, but again, I, I do think the Kansas leads the way, but all those races have been great races and we have been really spoiled with some very, very good races this year. Ah, we really have. And, and that's really what it's all about. I mean, we've been able to watch some really good stuff and break Coke, down some really good races. Uh, just looking through the schedule, too, like Coke 600 was a great race. Mm -hmm. Remember, we were like, let's just go to Kansas and Charlotte every week after that race. Like, there have been some good freaking races this year. Hey, I liked Sonoma, too. I mean, not just because I was there, but like that was actually yeah, 35 to one. Yeah, I liked it, too. Yeah, I'm telling <laughs> you. And but you didn't know, like, again, that was that was one that you thought Kyle Busch was going to run away with that thing. And we talked about strategy. We talked about all kinds of stuff. And in the end, Martin Truex Jr. just does what he's got to do to stay to get there and stay there. So um, I like that as well. Uh, just, just a couple more, Cody. I mean, obviously, like we said, go read Bob's article. Um, I, I like this one right here. That was the, um, underwhelm of the year. He's got a category for 
underwhelm of the year. I'm going to start. Mine, my underwhelm is Legacy Motorsports as a whole. Mm. I, I got to tell you right now, it wasn't because I thought, you know, oh, I love the 42, I love the 43, and, and just the fact that Jimmy Johnson, spoiler alert, man crush on Jimmy Johnson, but it, it's, it's frustrating, though, because with all of what they did, right, and all of what they were building off of from last year as far as uh, that 42 and that 43 car, you know, Eric Jones did really well in that 43, and we thought he would be a player in a lot of instances this season. And then we knew that uh, Noah Gragson was coming over to, to fill in the 42. And, you know, just coming off of what he did in the Xfinity Series last season, there was a lot of hope that he was going to come in and have a fantastic rookie season. New owners, new Jimmy Johnson, new shiny everything, uh, new name. And then they just come out and completely lay an egg. I, I don't know exactly what happened i don't know if it was too much new at once um and of course next season it's going to be completely new as well uh they go to toyota and now no one knows exactly what's happening there either so i had a high hopes obviously as a jimmy johnson fan that he would come into a really good situation and run a really good team um i was really hoping for that but uh unfortunately that didn't happen and and now we're starting to see the struggles of this new ownership team we're starting to see the struggles of the drivers involved you know and, and both are talented drivers but both have had some absolutely miserable races and bad luck too i mean it's not as if they're they're really driving themselves into bad situation after bad situation every week it's just sometimes the bad luck finds us sometimes brake rotors go and you have absolutely no control over something like that so you know, for Noah Gragson, I know he was hoping for a better rookie season. Unfortunately, he's not getting it. And uh, obviously, one of the rookie, two of the rookies of the year that were <laughs> that are in there uh, are are only the only two, which is why I didn't want to really talk about it because obviously it's only it's only Ty Gibbs or Noah Gragson at this point. Ty Gibbs is a top ten machine. Noah Gragson is a bottom ten machine. So it's not really a race for anything, but. Like I said, I will say that, uh, unfortunately, Legacy Motor Motorsports has not been what we all hoped it had been, and uh, and that would be my underwhelm of the year for sure. Yes, so I, I fully agree with that, um, and I, I got to take the obvious one first of all, but then I have a, a second thing here, and Bob touches on this, but definitely go read it because he's got interesting points on a couple of guys, actually, but Chase Briscoe, I mean... BJ McLeod has been running with Chase Briscoe all year. Like it's how, how, I mean, and you know, sorry, Derek, but some people were so high on Chase Briscoe coming into this season. Like, oh man, it just, it, it's been horrible for them. It's been so bad. He's got to be mentioned here. Um, but then another one too, AJ Allmendinger. Uh, he's got two sixth place finishes this season. Uh, you know, to open the season at Daytona and then this past weekend at Sonoma. But outside of that, it's been relatively rough for AJ all season. Uh, it's man, it's it's been a lot of a lot of downs with a few mid pack finishes. I mean, a lot of the weeks he's kind of run a 14th to 20th, which I guess is to be expected. But a lot of 27s, 29s, 34ths on a road course, 20ths, 36, 23rds, like. It's not been a super great season for Almondinger and, and, you know, coming off of winning the regular season championship in the Xfinity series. And okay, now he's coming back to the cup series. Here he is. Colleague is, is got something and, and, and Haley's not been that impressive either. 
<laughs> so maybe you just give us a word to colleague overall. Uh, I mean, and you look at the point standings, and we got to scroll way down. I mean, Almondinger's 20th, and Haley's 23rd. Uh, yeah, it's, man, it's just, it's been pretty rough for both of these guys. I mean, Todd Gilland, who spent half the season in, in Rick Ware cars, is a couple of points behind Justin Haley right there, and and he's not behind AJ Almendinger. I mean, it, it's been pretty rough for for Almendinger and for Colleague overall in the in the Cup Series this year. I he was supposed to be my new favorite driver, but I, I can't look when you when you pick a new favorite driver. It's like look when you pick a favorite driver, you pick a favorite driver, and then you're good, right? But then you have to pick a new one. I, I think you're allowed to bail after a, a year of disappointment, right? He's just look. I already well, had a favorite driver. Eight, and he left. Eighty-three wins and, and seven championships. <laughs> you might have high expectations <laughs> for your favorite driver. Rod. I can't go back to anybody else. It's so difficult. But yeah, I, it's just it's been so hard to to be an AJ Allmendinger fan, and you know, second time, full time through. It's just it's rough, man. It's rough because you you want better for him. He wants better for him. And he, like me, wears his emotions on his sleeve, and you can tell. I mean, you can tell that it's it's hurting him to be running this poorly this far into the season. So uh, hopefully things turn around. I, I, I still want to root for him. I still like that 16 car. Still like Colleg as a whole. But, um, yeah, it's definitely been tough for that team as well. Um, Cody, is there any other uh, category here that you want to go through before we start going over our IndyCar bets? One last one, Kruchi for the year. I'm kind of surprised he didn't mention it here, but we just talked about him a little bit ago, right? It's Rodney Childers for me. Like, with as bad and horrible as Stuart Haas racing has been all season, it, to have three cars just be out to lunch week in and week out for the most part, and guys like Chase Briscoe running, literally running with BJ McLeod throughout the race at the same speed, coming out of the Stuart Haas shop, the same shop, and for Childers to have that four car running pretty good on a week to week basis, uh, you've got to to mention him in there, in my opinion. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that it's definitely Rodney Childers. And again, I think we're really going to next year as you go forward with the new driver and what he can do there. But Childers is one of the best in the garage and what he's been able to do when the rest of the team is so far behind has been super impressive. Yeah, but it is, of course, you know, the, the, it is Stuart Haas. It is Kevin Harvick. It's, you can kind of talk, you could, you could talk down anybody that's as professional as Kevin Harvick, but I, I do like that. Um, mine is Cliff Daniels, actually, believe it or not. Kyle Larson, they have had to talk Kyle Larson through some very, very <laughs> hairy situations this season, whether it's, you know, losing wheels, whether it's having to come back up through the field after bad pit calls. Every time you hear that guy on the radio, he's always like, hey, bud, you got this, man. Like, you're, you're Kyle fucking Larson. Like, I'm not, I'm not even here to tell you how to drive. Just trust that you're going to get there. Right, we'll, we're sorry that we screwed up, but we'll get you back where you need to be. Like you got this, don't worry. And and I love that because that's what I respond to. That that's something that I could relate to. Like if if I'm blowing up in that car, I want a cool, calm voice. It's like, bro, dude, this is a, no. You've never you've never not been in this situation, right? I'm using double negatives. That's that's how cool and calm and collected I am. Like this is something that you've been through. You've won through worse situations. Calm down. You're good. Like, that's, that's fine. We, we got this. And more often than not, he does. 
You know, and, and for a guy that's been champion and won six bazillion races in a season, when he goes out and he faces adversity, which means he's not in the top five, he needs somebody to talk him down. And Cliff Daniels has been exactly that for Kyle Larson. Well, yeah, and I mean, you look at her, at the crew chief, right? They're kind of like the head coach of the team. And any good head coach can pull that star, star player aside. And you can't pull him aside here, but you got to talk to him over the radio while he's going 200 miles an hour, right? And, and just give him those reassuring words. Take your deep breath. Go out there. Do what you know what to do. You're the best driver in this field. And he's so good at that. So I think that's a that's a good call out as well. Yeah. And again, it's one of those ones where I know that there's a sexier names out there. But I, like I said, sometimes the the stars are the stars because they've got the 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 right Jiminy Crickets chirping in their ear and and talking them through everything uh, and letting their conscience be their guide. So. Um, all right, please do read the rest of Bob's article. So much fantastic stuff in there. We could probably go on for another hour talking about all of that. But uh, we've got we've got cash and tickets that we want to get to for those of you that did play along in the IndyCar series with us. So much fun in that race. So much fun and so much money to be had. So, uh, yeah, stick around. We'll be right back with more of that after this. Hey, everybody. If you play fantasy football, especially in auction leagues... And or you're a whiskey fan. Yes, exactly. Check out the Sports Gambling Podcast fantasy football channel show, Old Fashioned Football. Coming to you every Tuesday morning, give us a listen. We'll bring you the latest fantasy football data, including... The injury report. Studs and duds. Waiver wire targets. And suggested fab. Market movers. After all, we are the Marks. He is my hubby. And she's J. Mark's wifey. And we're bringing all this to you while drinking an Old Fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week all that and more hop on over give us a listen come for the football stay for the whiskey this ad's almost done going once going twice sold so the indycar series was at road america which we very loosely decided to tie in as a nascar related thing because well we just needed you to bet on more racing first and foremost and then second of all because road america is a track that nascar has visited so we said to you that's enough reason for us to give you IndyCar picks, and we did. And hey, by the way, if you tailed us and just got through some of our terrible mispronunciations, uh, you ended up making money this weekend eh, by the fistful, I think, because, uh, listen, not only did we hit an outright on that one, uh, which was our edge boost double down, by the way, uh, but we also got quite a few of these head-to-heads as well. Um, Cody, I, I know that uh, this race was... You know, it's funny when you watch F1 and then you watch Indy, there's so there's so many little differences, yet it's all open wheel. And it's just it highlights the differences between these two series. There was there's beating and banging in Indy. There when they touch wheels, they don't go flying off into the sunset. I mean, granted now, some of them do go spinning off into the gravel, but they can actually beat and bang a little more. They can lean a little more on each other than than F1 cars can. And as far as just being able to to withstand a lot of stuff these indie cars it's amazing and the speed oh the speed yeah the, the speed is incredible it is funny because like the f1 guys like if they get within like 10 feet of each other it's like a 10 second penalty and the guy just goes flying off the track and it's the worst crash ever and it's like okay and these indie guys they they will beat him bang so yeah it's uh man just cashing these bets i didn't get to catch much of the race obviously we had the softball tournament so didn't see a ton. I've obviously watched the highlights. I've got it on the DVR. I haven't had time to sit down and watch it just yet, um, but I'm excited, especially knowing the outcome and knowing how many of these bets we cashed that uh, 
to, to go back and watch how we got into position to, to cash all these, right? Yeah, and listen, right from the jump, I mean, the, the, <laughs> you want to talk about getting frustrated because F1, we, we talked about uh, uh, Canada being uh, this weekend, obviously. And we'll go back and we'll talk about that in the F1 Gambling Podcast later too. Um, but, you know, listen, there were so many red flags. There were so many uh, stoppages during practice and all that stuff that when we got to the race itself, it was like, Oh, God. Well, Indy is the same thing. There were so many different situations before the race, and then the first lap of the race, you get a caution. It's like, oh, my God, here we go. Um, and, and unfortunately for, well, fortunately for our bets, that caution involved one of those drivers that we had uh, in a head-to-head, so kind of had that one a little early. However, he did make a charge back up through the field. But this race, by and large, was full of action. I mean, full of strategy calls, full of just and it did it didn't dawn on me because obviously we said full full disclosure that none of us were really watching that closely as far as um i've never seen this race on road america before but watching it so crazy to get that many indie cars on that track it doesn't look wide enough to go three wide yet here they were going three wide on this track so uh yeah there was a lot lot going on in this race it was action-packed all the way through also, I love the push to pass uh, situation where the seconds, they only have a few seconds of push to pass. Um, that that came into play as well. So, But anyways, like Cody said, lots and lots of bets cashed uh, on this. So we'll start uh, breaking down our bets as we do. Cody, I, I know your first one was kind of fraught with danger right from the start. Uh, unfortunately, power suffered issues in uh, practice and qualifying and kind of kind of made this one hurt a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So he had willpower, gave him out as the top five at plus one hundred, top three at plus two hundred. This one did not cash. It just, man, it wasn't wasn't not a power weekend. I guess it, it just things did not go his way. I was trying to look up here and see. He ended up starting. I got to scroll a long ways down. Twenty seconds. Um, and so from there, you knew it was going to kind of be an uphill battle. And obviously, things did not go his way. He ends up fighting his way up to 13th. He did lead seven laps. Uh, I'm assuming that was mostly on, you know, pit cycles and stuff, but uh, not not a willpower day, unfortunately. So did miss that one. Uh, hopefully I pronounced willpower okay. Uh, it's a tough name. <laughs> uh, yeah, it definitely was. Uh, yeah, he, he cycled to the front because of all the pit stops and everything going on um, during those three laps. So it definitely wasn't anything that he was close to the front at all so unfortunately yeah willpower and and we doubled down to in the um in the uh uh discord as well but again just when you start that far in the back especially in indy it's 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 hard to get there um i had felix rosenquist over christian lungard uh that one had its moments for a little bit uh rosenquist uh, was another one that started in the back as well Really had to fight his way uh, up to in in around the top ten. I mean, he was actually inside the top ten. He was running inside the top seven at one point. Uh, but again, it was just tough for him to hold on to it. Uh, got into some problems, and it was actually Christian Lungard that finished in seventh place. A really good running for him. Uh, actually, it was a it was a good day for him overall. He kind of stayed out of trouble by and large. Uh, Rosenquist finished in twenty. Um, after starting, uh, yeah, just kind of toward the back. So, like I said, unfortunately, this one was cashing for a little while, and then it wasn't. So, just a, just kind of bad luck for Felix. And he, like I said, he fought his way up and and managed to get around it. But um, I didn't realize how much tire strategy there really was 
in this one as well. Yeah, yeah, played out big time. I had Marcus Erickson over Kyle Kirkwood. Um, Kirkwood, obviously, the incident on lap one early had issues. Did fight all the way back to a ninth place finish, which really a good finish after all things considered. Marcus Erickson, though, we talked about it, right? I believe I called him the Kevin Harvick of IndyCar. Just going to get you a solid finish every week. Sixth place, nice solid finish, just like he expected. Got him at plus money at plus 120. Um, and so, yeah, that was... That was the strategy here, right? Uh, Kirkwood has had his flashes this season. He's looked decent, but uh, the way that Erickson just continues week in and week out to get you good, solid finishes, this was a no-brainer at plus money and cash for you. And he literally just ran around the same area that he was the whole time. He started ninth, finished sixth. I mean, it was just a, a matter of him just kind of sticking where he was at. Kevin Harvick-esque, right? <laughs> Total Kevin Harvick. That, and that's exactly what Kevin, st kind of start or finish right around where you start. And that's exactly what he did. And it was inside the top 10. There was no question that this one's going to cash all day long either. It was just a matter of, of Kirkwood finding his way back up uh, through the field. That was, that was pretty crazy as well. Because uh, Kirkwood started in sixth, uh, sixth place. Uh, he actually did start ahead of Erickson. But if it wasn't for lap one, uh, we didn't really get to see that battle play out. Uh, all right. I had Joseph Newgarden. Joseph Newgarden as the top Chevy plus 170. Guess what? He did finish as the top Chevy. He was actually one of the better cars all damn day long. Like he was running. I started in fourth, ended up finishing in second place. Um, and, and for Newgarden, in fact, he had the lead for a little while until uh, Apollo pa uh, had passed him. And then, thankfully, Padua Ward didn't get all the way up to second place because that would have taken a, a good day out of Joseph Newgarden's hand to be the top Chevy. Uh, but he did end up the, as the top Chevy on the day and did not look bad at all. I mean, obviously, through pit cycles, he got out in front and really just kind of hung around there all day long. And uh, I think were it not for just a, a few of the... the just how fast Paulo was, actually, in, in retrospect. But, um, yeah, he might have had a chance to actually win this race. So, uh, good good on Joseph Newgarden. Definitely called him out as the top Chevy, and that cashed. Yeah, he, he was a, a favorite going into the race for, for good reason, right? We expect him to be good. He was good. He showed up, showed uh, why he's one of the best in the series week in and week out. I had the winning car number as even, stealing a, a page out of Rod's playbook here. Uh, this was minus 135, juiced up a little bit, but um, for good reason, right? Alex Pillow, the number 10 car, is the even number he wins. Newgarden ends up in second place, also with an even number. Um, and then obviously, Pato coming in third ends up being an odd number. Colton Herta, who led a lot of the race, right? He ended up with 33 laps led. Uh, I think some pit strategy kind of cost him at the end, unfortunate for him. He was number 26, so it was looking very good for the even numbers all day long. Um, and so, yeah, minus 135, I will cash that one. Indeed. Uh, speaking of car numbers, I had 10 through 19. Hey, guess what? Number one, 10. Number 10. <laughs> <laughs> I was not necessarily even at all scared by that one, and that was a plus 240. I mean, remember I told you that that was the one that I was I was surprised that was as highly priced as it was? Yep. And for good reason. I mean, there it was. 10 through 19 ended up getting you the win right on the, the number 10. Yeah, absolutely. Great call. Again, we talked about it when we talked about uh, you know, these picks last week. All in on the Pillow train. And 
boy, we were all in and it paid off big time. I had Pillow over New Garden, back to back finishes, right? But uh, it basically even money at plus 100. Uh, again, it just seemed like there should New Garden should not have been whatever he was, minus something favorites. Did not seem to match up appropriately with how things have been going lately. Um, and Pillow gets him by one spot, but hey, get him by one spot, you cash that head to head. Um, and so again, books were on it again. Another, you know, another head to head where they finished back to back yet again. Luckily, came out on the right side. Uh, and again, getting Pillow at, at even money felt like a great deal. It was a fantastic deal because then we piled more money on Alex Pillow and got him as the winner of Group G. Once again, I told you this was a plus two sixty. It was New Garden, McLaughlin, and Award. Now listen. New Garden and Award obviously were the two that uh, that were the ones that were the closest, but McLaughlin was in eighth place. So this group was definitely well picked as far as uh, the finishers because of those four, all of them finished inside of the top eight. So obviously two finished the first and second. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, if we were going to go Palau, uh, Palau over New Garden, then we'll go Palau over all of those guys at plus two sixty. So by my count, Cody. So far, we got a, a plus 100, a plus 260, a plus 240, a plus 170, and a plus 120. That That's a lot of plus money bets that were... Uh, and a plus 100. Yes. That's, so, yeah. yeah. That's, a lot of, that's a lot of plus money that we cashed this weekend. Um, and then as far as winners go, I gave out Grosjean at 11 to 1. Uh, it was not his weekend. Looked bad in practice. Started 19th. He was never going to have a chance. His teammate, Colton Hurdo, I guess would have been the appropriate pick at similar odds but uh missed on that one but we were both on and we said to use your edge boost double down on alex pillow plus 650 the third favorite to win this race for whatever reason he'd won two road courses in a row uh, why why he was not that was our big thing was why this wasn't a kyle larson deal right where or a max verstappen where yeah he's won a couple in a row but you're getting really bad odds like you're getting about plus 650 whereas like new garden was plus 450 plus 400 something like that and it's, it just didn't line up, um, and obviously a little bit of a sweat late, right? It, it it was looking like it was hurt his day for most of the day, but Pelo puts himself in position, does what he does. It's uh, it's starting to look like it's going to be a Pelo year. I mean, you look at the point standings and how they are now. Pelo has a seventy-four point lead over Marcus Erickson in second place. Colton Herta, ninth place in the standings, is actually closer to Marcus Erickson in second than Erickson is to Alex Pillow in first. So the the battle for, for second place in the standings from second to ninth is closer than the battle from first to second. Pillow is just running away with this. Um, and again, it's he's going to be tough to stop the rest of the season based on what we've seen here lately. And uh, again, all chips in on Pillow. He won us a lot of money this weekend. So I know it was an off weekend for NASCAR. Hopefully you still listen. Hopefully you tailed us. And uh, got an even bigger bankroll to to go to Nashville, where all three series back in action. Rod, I'm excited. Let's go. Look, I know you could probably say, "Well, it's easy to pick the chalk. It's easy to pick Polo." But is he the chalk if he's the third favorite? And not just that, but like so. he didn't lead. He led ten laps in this. It didn't look like he was going to win this race. It looked like Herta was going to run away. Thirty three laps that he ended up leading. Obviously, the the pit strategy and him getting out slowly of the pits uh, hurt him as well. Uh, but he, you know, he was getting past at the end too, which means that he didn't have the the speed that he needed at the very end 
uh, especially on the the tires that he had. And I gave out Felix Rosenquist as as my long shot at forty to one. I mean, he was in the top eight, top nine for a better part of the day. He made four pit stops. I mean, that the last late pit stop was kind of the one that kind of did him in. Uh, but you know, not that he was going to win this race, but a forty to one running inside the top ten for most of the day. We talk about it a lot as far as the pricing of these things and and how you you go about judging whether or not it was a good bet or not. And I, I think that last pit call for him was was the one that did him in. But yeah, I definitely would would have given that to him as well. But yeah, like you said, we both went on on Polo and decided that that was where we were going to put our money. Thankfully, it cashed out for us because man, I'm telling you right now, that was that was a hell of a cashing day. And for those of, you know, for for people who don't know IndyCar as well as some people who know IndyCar, for you to be able to, to I think what did we only missed on two bets, right? Two bets all day? Yeah, two so. bets. Yeah. That was it. Well, two yeah, two all together out of our out of our eight total uh yeah, yeah just our first each of our first picks were the ones that that missed and then i mean obviously you can't hit every outright because that's literally impossible but we yeah. hit the the main outright right yep <laughs> so yeah it's uh man a lot of fun it was good uh they're gonna be at uh mid ohio here in two weeks so who knows if uh if the books get us some odds we might have to uh talk a little more indycar in a couple weeks but this time i'm going to study my pronunciation guide to get it all right <laughs> I'm going to purposely just butcher everybody's names. I don't know. I would do that, but, uh, uh, you know. By the way, so co- just a couple quick notes here. That is the week of the Chicago Street Course, which is going to be an intense, fun week of Let's breaking go. that. Uh, I'm pumped. That's going to be so much fun. Um, the Truck Series is off that weekend, so we will have an open show. So there we go. Uh-huh. And uh, guess where the Truck Series goes the following week? Road America? Mid-Ohio. Mid-Ohio. They oh. go to Mid-Ohio, which is where the the Indy car is a week before. So uh there's our DR be our little preview into the truck series the next week. I'm not sure what you can take much from from the Indy car to the truck series, but it'll be the same track, so that's cool. <laughs> I don't know. They they get kind of physical as well in that truck series. So maybe True. maybe it's all <laughs> the same. So uh all right. Well, um man, that was a good Monday show. I, I didn't think we were being able to pull it, it off, but here we are. I you know, even up to last night I was kind of thinking to myself, like, damn, we don't really have a recap to do. And then as I got to thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. We had some fucking bets this week. Let's get on and talk some recap. You know what I love uh, is that it doesn't do. matter for us. We we just we can get on and talk. And the, the glorious part about it is that you guys will get on and listen because that's just the way this show is. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the therapy thing. Oh, I am tired today. It was a long weekend in the sun. I'm sunburnt. I'm tired. I was kind of feeling a little dragging today. But uh, again, man, get on here with my buddy Rod. Perks the spirits right up. Now I'm pumped. I'm ready to dig into the Nashville odds. Odds are dropping. We've got outrights. Uh, Superbook's got some head-to-heads, some group bets. Waiting on those top fives, top tens to to drop, and we'll have our full slate. I'm, I'm ready to go. We will get there for sure, and we'll have them for you tomorrow, as we always do. So uh, let's go ahead and put this one to bed and uh, and go off on a high of winning so many of those IndyCar bets. God, I hope you guys padded your bankroll for when we go to Nashville this weekend because that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Only the third time that uh, the Cup Series has been in Nashville in their career. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun to break this one down as well. So, Cody, as we end tonight, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yep, follow me on Twitter, at Husker underscore Zeeb. You can find all my work over there. I got a ton of stuff going on, so check it out over there. Follow the show as well, at NASCAR Gambling. If you could take just one minute, write us a quick review. 
We greatly appreciate it. Leave five stars, whatever your uh, your listening platform. Comment on YouTube, whatever. Give it a thumbs up. All the fun stuff. Indeed, yeah. Leave ten stars if you can. That's uh, that's the new yeah. benchmark. D will D will fifty five. Uh, gave us 10 stars, so you must at least give us 10 stars as well. Follow me we'll, on Twitter. We'll accept more. We'll accept more. <laughs> way more than that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bottom of everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it is the back road between in between media, and then, of course, my work for For Frequency's sake. Had a lot of fun with that as well for the F1 series betting. And uh, yeah, hits a couple of bets on that as well. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with our Nashville Cup Series breakdown. We'll see you then. And until then, let's go racing and let it ride.